Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. Call me Chaus. Welcoming you back to another episode. Week six is upon us. I am glad to be joined once again by the man with the plan, my guy, founder of SoJash Picks, EJ. What's going on, man? How we feeling? What's going on? Glad to be back. It's been a, been a couple weeks and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, man. How's it going? That's all right, man. I can't complain. Like I was saying earlier, a little tired, a little sleepy, but, you know, hopefully I don't got the Rona, the COVID, so we're good. There you go. That's one thing all of us are happy to be uh, to be avoiding here. Yeah, Keep trucking through the season. Uh, COVID's been a hot topic in, uh, in the NFL more, more than I was hoping it would be, yeah. but uh, at least we still have some football. So let's kick it off there because, I mean, we have some breaking news type of deal starting off so atlanta i saw had some cases pop up but then they turned out to be false positives which was great news because i mean minnesota atlanta's got a lot of fantasy talent going to be playing this weekend yeah 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 justin jefferson adam thielen uh madison off the waivers i'm sure a lot of people picked up madison that would be a tough one to lose Especially uh, if, with if the that dollars. game doesn't move forward, yeah, there's yes. a lot of a Especially lot of money spent on Madison. That's right, there is. But we yeah. do have news that the New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos are still dealing with that. The Patriots, for some reason, continue to have that problem. I mean, Tennessee looks like they're over their COVID issue within their house, but New England is 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 dealing with it. I think I saw two more positives, so they shut down their facility today as a Friday. Uh, the show's recorded on Friday, so. Um, we don't know as of today whether or not the NFL is going to reschedule that contest. They said as of today it is a go for Sunday. But, I mean, this leaves them a little hamstrung because you already have two games on Monday. Potentially they play another one on Tuesday. We could see that transpire. But, I mean, they're at a bye week. So if, if everything is off the table, we could see a week 18 because of Ooh. this. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. So, I mean, I don't know, man. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts originally were the, the Patriots – They've already been rescheduled, right? They've had a couple of these issues already. Um, I read some of those uh, initial reactions as well, and it sounds like the NFL is going to do everything you can to get this game on as scheduled. Um, I had read that had uh, the situation been the opposite and the Minnesota-Atlanta game potentially has some more issues, that would have been a lot easier to juggle the schedule with. That one could easily be switched to next week. Both had bye weeks things of that nature. So that one I heard was an easy switch juggle, not a whole lot of complication, but this Patriots game to, to try to push it to week 18, as you're saying, I guess is probably the best bet if they have to go that route uh, and then leave that slot open for other games that are similar in similar fashions. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping they get something going right away here. I got a Cam Newton owner in a couple leagues. So, you know, we really need that one going ASAP. Yep. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tricky if, if that one does happen. I mean, if they're that confident that they're going to make it through, then we'll see. I mean, the, the protocols have been working where they're shutting down for a day or two and hoping that they're going to get uh, no uh, positive tests. So hopefully that continues. But I want to touch on the other point, the big one, Le'Veon Bell. He got cut by the New York Jets, and uh, he was deciding between my bills the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs. He elected to go with the Chiefs. But what I found interesting, because the contract came out today, and I heard he was haggling for money from Buffalo and Miami, but his contract was weak. It was like a 690000 
uh, contract with a million dollar with incentives. I mean, yes, he's getting money from the Jets, but I'm surprised. I mean, I, I didn't really take Bell to be the guy who really wanted to win based on his history, man. I mean, but I mean, he's in KC now, so this is this is big. He was able to uh, he was able to flip his his contract or sorry his situation it looks like into some profit financially with the Jets and guaranteed money and then within a year and a half within the aspirations of a Super Bowl. So if you're just Le'Veon Bell's agent, maybe you're a winner here um, in terms of the dollar sign. I see I see where you're coming from here, but uh, overall it looks like he's he's got himself in a pretty good situation. Um, out of the three. I know you're a Bills guy. It's your it's your heart and soul. Yeah, I, I was hurting. I was I was hurting for him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't I don't blame you. Um, Singletary, I think, looks like he could use some help, but that's a whole other another story there. Yep. But uh, yeah, I thought that that was the best landing spot for him. So I, I do see why Bell has uh, has decided to go that route. Um, and it, it looks like this is the type of spot that, depending on how he plays, who knows, could be a, a, an opportunity to come back next year. They could, uh, you know, sign him with a longer-term deal. They only have a little bit of money allocated to the rookie at this position and no one else uh, long-term, right? So you never know. Um, I think it's a good spot for him to, like I said, jump on, go for that that chip, and get some great playing time. Uh, CEH was, I would say he was B. He was playing at around a B level. Um, for a Super Bowl aspiring, aspiring team, I totally understand why they would want to go with someone with Bell's uh, repertoire. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the biggest knock that I saw on CEH right now was his red zone carries and red zone efficiency. He had seven carries within the red zone, zero yards, if I'm not mistaken. So clearly in my eyes, I think Andy Reid saw the, the need for something else there. I mean, uh, the other Williams back they have back there isn't really cutting it either. I mean, so this to me, obviously, it's a clear match made in heaven. It's, it's another solid weapon. I mean, I don't really view Bell as being washed by any stretch. I think the Adam Gase thing uh, totally derailed his career like they, he did with uh, Ryan Tannehill, like he did with Robbie Anderson. The list goes on and on with all these guys. But, I mean, Lev to me in uh, Kansas City is going to be – pretty spectacular i think the way that mahomes plays the 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 field burners you have uh travis kelsey being there i mean they're just loaded with weapons and and bell's just gonna add to that even more absolutely um short-term memory you go back you remember uh our, our guy that opted out there d williams that's yep. opened the door for this to all happen uh if, if bell could even be Half of Will, which I think he's he's a lot more than that uh, at this age. I believe Bell's only 28 still, yep. so he's got a lot of tread left. And I remember what Will was able to do with that playoff run with his team and how he was a, he was very intricate in, in the San Francisco win, Super Bowl, and other games. Do you remember him uh, in the red zone, specifically what we're talking about? He was very yep. intricate in getting in the end zone, and those are plays that I, I my eyes, I close them, I see Bell doing the exact same thing and more, especially in those types of one-on-one situations in the red zone where he's just in a matchup nightmare to tackle. So I think it's a great, great pickup for them um, to pick up a little bit of edge on the small, small flaws that they had in the red zone. I know everyone's on CH mm-hmm. as a rookie, right? They're a team that everyone expects to just constantly dominate. So if they do have a hiccup, yeah, I understand. CH, just a rookie, not killing in the red zone. Pick up Bell, boom. We'll see this uh, take off. 
Yeah, and it's twofold in some degree as well because not only does he help you in the red zone, but now you're interchangeable no matter what back is in the in the backfield because CH can also catch the ball, and I think that creates that multi-dimension that you're looking for in the Andy Reid system. I think this is just no matter which back is going to be on the field, you don't have to alter your play call whatsoever, and that makes them that much better. I mean, off offensively. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great pickup. I think it's going to be a good story when all things are said and done, but nevertheless, let's jump into week six, man. We had no Thursday night football, so it's all Sunday, two games on Monday. Let's uh, we got the bye weeks first. We have Seattle, the chargers, the saints and the Raiders sitting out this week. And let's start it off with the first game on my board. It's the Chicago bears and the Carolina Panthers. Currently Carolina is minus 1.5 favored. And, I mean, I'm going to start this one because I was knocking Teddy. Um, I wasn't as confident. I didn't believe um, in, in the first year in a new system, um, coming with uh, basically rookie head coaches, rookie offensive coordinator coming from college. You know, uh, okay, yeah, they had CMC. He goes down. So I'm sitting here saying, I don't believe it. I don't think it's really going to work. But the funny thing is about this Carolina Panthers team, currently they sit in total yards sixth in the NFL. And, and I am so impressed with Teddy's play. I got I to gotta eat my words because he has uh, over-excelled in my thought process to be what he is doing. I mean, feeding Robbie Anderson with a deep shot. This was Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator back in LSU. Same type of schemes, going deep. I mean, we saw it with Joe Burrow and company. Who's suffering in this offense more, more often than not is DJ Moore because Teddy still seems to struggle with that intermediate route. He still can't find that. But the deep shot is working to perfection, and feeding the running back is working to perfection. And they face the Bears this week who, who, who are coming off a good show against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. So, I mean, 1.5 at home. I think I took the under. I actually said uh, it's going to be like a one-point game. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, and it's not just me saying that there's no confidence in Teddy because I think that he could win this game quite easily. It's just the Bears' defense looks a lot better as well, and they're moving in the right direction. And, and the, the Panthers did lose that Kiwan short to injury. So, I mean, that's a big loss in the defensive line. But how are you seeing this game, man? How are you seeing this one shake out? I'm kind of right along the same lines as you. Um, I wasn't as, uh, as surprised about Teddy B's play, but I will say that he has played a little bit more uh, – explosive and consistent than I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very surprised with Robbie Anderson's play. Now, that's, that's a play I didn't see coming over and translating in year one uh, in that offense to just fitting in and actually just jumping past uh, DJ Moore, actually, in terms of fantasy and production um, and just slotting in right, right as that number one guy. Been very, very impressed with what Robbie's done. My um, hat's off to him. And Teddy and him look like they just have some kind of natural connection together. Uh, as if they played uh, longer than, than what you've actually seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with Davis, uh, we got we to gotta really stop here for a second and understand that taking over for a, a player like Christian McCaffrey, now that ain't easy. And if you close your eyes and you just check the box scores for those Carolina fantasy games, you'd swear that running back is still Christian McCaffrey. Right. Now, I, I didn't realize this after week one, but I went back and kind of got a chunk score. I, I was blown away at how consistently Mike Davis was putting up fantasy points. So, um, yeah, the offense is moving the ball in Carolina very well. I do think that uh, because of that and, and Teddy's production, I went with uh, with Carolina to cover that. Um, but I am with you that Chicago's defense, is it, it's scary. Uh, it's not a defense that I think you, you want to go against uh, on any given Sunday. It can disrupt you. Cleo Mack can still blow up your, your offensive line and give you a pretty rough day. So, 
it's not a, not a clear matchup whatsoever here. Carolina, to me, has been the hardest pick all year mm-hmm. when I'm with them. Uh, they, they don't seem to be as consistent that you can just pick them when you're not. Then they seem to ruin all your picks every week yeah, and just take out all the teams that you think should beat them. So uh, I'm rolling with them at home. Chicago's great D, but that, the over Chicago and the problems with the consistency on offense is why I'll, I'll, I'll roll with Carolina on this one. Yeah, and I don't hate it. I mean – the thing is, is that I'm, I'm still skittish on Carolina, like you're saying. It's very difficult to predict. They're like the Jacksonville Jaguars in this sense. But, I mean, they're, they're playing good football. They're, they're playing uh, turnover-free football, and I think that changes everything. I think if you start to see Teddy play from behind more often than not, I think that's when you're going to see this offense struggle a little bit more. Um, the Khalil Mack thing and the Leonard Floyd thing, I think, are, are massive. I think they just play just so well together. But, and it's surprising because the pressure is doing enough to make Chicago the second round defense in the past in the NFL so it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with uh, Robbie Anderson I'm still sitting DJ Moore this week I I can't do it I mean all the talent in the world he has it I believe in his talent I believe in his skill set right and 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 at this point I mean I just I can't do it for fantasy I just I can't until he starts to put up the numbers with Teddy because I don't I just don't think the chemistry is there yet and like I said the the intermediate passes are are just not there uh, in the scheme as of yet next game I have is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Indianapolis Colts, man. I'll let you start this one off because Phillip Rivers is tossing pick sixes like he's giving out money. What are, what are we thinking in this game? Yeah, old, old man Rivers, is uh, he's kind of showing that it's, it might be the, the, the last ride here. Oh. Um, I'm not going to say I'm too surprised about that, not to really want to harp on his negative play, but, you know, he, he's up there in age. Uh, it was a shot to, to try to get a, a nice match in heaven here. It hasn't quite worked out exactly what they want on offense. Um, but for this this matchup coming off of a bit of a disappointment last week from the Colts, uh, I think I went with them to to hold off uh, the Colts. Uh, sorry, the uh, Bengals here and, and get that win. Uh, the line was somewhere around seven and a half when we first opened this. So it's eight, eight it, points it, right now. Eight points now. So it it was bigger than I had I had hoped. I, I the way I looked at this game when I first uh, first approached it was had the line been any bigger, would I had still been considering the Colts? And my my mindset was. Considering, yes, guarantee, no. So where, where the line was at, that's why I still went with them at home. Um, the defense, to me, is, is proven to be elite. If they get that offense moving, that defense can shut down any team. Pass, run, doesn't matter. I think they can play at all three levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're getting better every week. They're showing you that. So uh, I'm, I'm a strong believer in that defense. I'm a very strong believer in that coaching staff, which we just discussed before. It's just been kind of rivers and a bit of the uh, – the injuries and some of the talent around him that's kind of held that uh, that offense back. Kicking game, special teams has been great for them as well. Uh, not to talk too much about that, but uh, I will give that a little uh, little bonus, a little thumbs up. Yep. Uh, overall, though, Cincinnati's O line has just been too much of a disaster. What happened to them last week was embarrassing. Uh, we literally have that clip of AJ Green saying that he's done with football without actually using those words. But yep. that clip has gone viral. He's he's running a route very lackadaisical ball sails over his head. You see him look up, look down and just act like, okay, that's, I'm done with this yeah, <laughs> as the ball's much. running back past. Uh, that's not a good look from a vet on your team. I'm sure they're going to have to talk about that in the, uh, in the locker room. Can't feel good for Joey B to see his receiver do that. So there's just some issues going on over there on offense. Uh, we love Mixon. Mixon's that guy that could show you a fantastic line on one week. But without the offense, he can't get consistency. 
So I, for that reason, I'm just really worried about them going up against an elite defense and, and being able to keep pace. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I actually thought about this one a lot when I, was, when I was dissecting all the stats. And I was reviewing even last week's game with the Colts. And, and to me, there's a lot of problems in this Colts offense right now. And this is why I still took the Bengals to eat up this spread. So the Colts still can't find their wide receivers. I mean, T.Y. had a better game, the best game he's had all season last week. But Rivers is still struggling to spread the ball around, which is very weird to me because it's not as though he lost that much talent in the arm from last season. And when you look at what he was able to do last year with Keenan Allen and company, I mean, it's literally baffling me why it's not translating yet. I mean, we're already in week six. I mean, he's got a great offensive line. He's got a defense to support it. I just don't understand why it's not coming to fruition. So then it has to bode to the question, is he done? Is he washed? Can he do it anymore? And I mean, I, I can't make arguments for Rivers anymore. I really, it's starting to become a problem for me to say I still support this guy because coming into the offseason, I was all for this deal. I was like, yes, this is going to work. One-year deal. He still has enough left to carry the club. I mean, but now even, even you start looking at Jonathan Taylor. So I, I was high on, on this rook, still am. I mean, but, but you can tell in his game there's something missing. So he, he's not hitting the holes as hard as you would like. It seems like he's trying to avoid contact rather than initiate it, which is weird for a back his size, especially with the speed he has. When he's going to the offensive line and, and, and running, it, it's, it's like he's, he's missing his holes, so it's like the vision is off, the patience is off. Like just Something just doesn't seem right with Jonathan Taylor from what we saw in college because already at this point you, you would think that we, he would have the game figured out by now, um, but there's something missing there as well. I'm, I mean, I still am on board, uh, but something's definitely missing. I mean, from the Bengals' point of view, I, I, I still – I think last week you're going to get up against Baltimore – it's a tough matchup. Defense is strong. Um, you're still building something. You're still building your chemistry. And, and I don't know. I, do I believe they're going to win this game? No. Um, but do I believe that they can, they can eat up this eight-point spread because of what Rivers is doing? Yes. Um, I mean, so for fantasy football, I, I still think that you could get a lot of guys playing, playing well, getting you lots of points. Um, I'm still playing JT this week in hopes okay. that he does something. Um, yeah. But yeah, opportunity like, will be there. He'll have a ton there. of opportunities still. So. And the goal line's been working. Yeah, yeah, the goal line's been working for JT, at least from that perspective. Yeah. So you can't hate that by any stretch. Next one I have is the Detroit Lions uh, taking travel to Jacksonville to face the lowly Jaguars. Minus three is the spread for Detroit. I'm excited for this one for fantasy uh, specifically because the, the Lions are coming off the bye week. Kenny Galladay is healthy. Um, I'm, I listed, uh, it might be a surprise to some, but I listed Deandre Swift as a start this week simply because yeah, they're, they're still still running the three headed monster with Peterson and, and, uh, carry on is actually getting his way back into this offense, which is, which is funny to me. Um, I think this is the week. I think this is the week they unleash him. I think he gets majority of the touches. He might lose out to goal line to AP, but I think this is where you see him actually do it. It's a, it's a weak defense in Jacksonville. I, I, I literally don't think they'll be able to keep up outside of the first quarter. Uh, uh, DJ Chark is injured. So, I mean, they might have to lean on, uh, LaVisca Sanalt a little bit more. They're going to have to lean on the ground game a little bit more, but I mean, this has everything in the makings for Matthew Stafford to show that this offense can move, man. I mean, you've seen it the same way as me uh i'm still excited about your deandre swift pick here um yeah. it it, uh, it stands out i had a i had that question yesterday actually so 
It definitely stands out to me here. Let me let me uh, just throw that at you really quick before we move on. So, yeah. DeAndre Swift in a, in a flex PPR league, or do you go with Devontae Freeman, or do you go with uh, something on the wire? I'm going with Swift this week. Definitely going I, with Swift I, I can't move away from it. I mean, the, the, the Devontae Freeman thing is interesting only because it is Washington, but that front seven in Washington is still pretty stout. I mean, they're going to be given a, a, a very difficult time for that offense to move. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Swift. I'm all in with, with Swift this week. I think it's going to be a, a banger day for him. Awesome, awesome. Uh, that was the advice I went with. Uh, I wasn't as – Strong to say he was a start this week, but uh, I definitely do think coming off a bye, uh, they get to look at the tape, take a few weeks to see what they got in Swift, really understand how to use them, and I think it's it's time for Detroit to really uh, to unleash him. So I'm with you on that thought process. Uh, overall, in the matchup now, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, I'm definitely with you on on Galladay here. Uh, he's he's a beast on paper, um, on tape. What we've seen when he's healthy, him and Stafford looks for him. Uh, you thought maybe Marvin Jones was the Stafford's guy, 1A, 1B sometimes. No. Galladay's healthy. He's here. He's the guy. Marvin, big-time backseat. Big time. Uh, it, it, this, is, this is Jones' his offense. Or sorry, this is uh, Galladay's offense, and that's, that's, that's the way it's going to be when he's healthy. Um, and with that said, too, I love how they use him. He's very hard for them to take out of the game. They move him around on offense. They don't just leave him on one side, uh, a la Calvin Johnson back in the day. He, he gets moved all over the place, and it's a, it's a matchup nightmare. Um, but, yeah, I'm, 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 this one's an interesting one. Uh, let me hear a little, little bit more on what, what you're going with well, before I give too much of my, uh, my insight on that. But, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. So the funny thing is there are two weak defenses, in my opinion. I think this is the thing. So Minshew has proven that he can, he can still push the ball. He's still going to compete. And, and it might be close. I mean, I think I did take Detroit to cover the three points only because I believe they're, they're more talented overall. Um, but, I mean, if, even if Chark plays in this game, I think it's a big uh, uh, issue because I think he's going to be more of a decoy than he is going to be uh, uh, doing anything relevant offensively. This is why I kind of believe that LaVisca is going to actually have a big day as well. I think he's going to be the slot presence. They're going to try to nickel and dime Detroit down the field, which has been seen and able to do because, I mean, that defense is just weak. The only difference that I see is that is are we going to see a different Detroit who comes out in the, in the first quarter and puts up like 21 and then just – falls off completely and loses the game that's definitely possible as well because we've seen Minshew's pedigree he's never just gonna wrap it up and die he's just gonna keep going but but I like I said I mean if 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 Swift isn't a big part of this offensive plan this week I'm I'm very disappointed in Matt Patricia because I mean this is the week to do it if if you're gonna do it at all yeah no that, that those are great points uh Win lose wise, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards Detroit just because they're coming off the bye, and I think they're the better football team uh, as well. Uh, a little more desperation at this point as well. I think that uh, franchise is going to say we 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 have to come out this bye and turn this thing around if we're going to have any season here. So uh, for that reason, I would I would definitely take Detroit at home. But like you're saying, two teams that are kind of in that what are we mode defenses mm-hmm. that you can't really trust at this point. And teams that have gone and shown you that uh, on one end with, with Minshew, he's shown you that, hey, you can't just count us out. We can, we can beat some teams. We can always come back and we'll, we'll throw that ball all over the place and make things happen if we have to. And with Detroit, they'll show you that, hey, well, we can compete with the best for a quarter and a half, damn near dominate them. Yep. And then all of a sudden we can turn it off and let teams like Chicago come back and teams like New Orleans completely dominate us. 
So they're they're a very tough team to pick uh, as a as a four quarter team right now. But like we're saying, coming out the bye, I just can't uh, can't see them not uh, taking this one, taking advantage of it. Agreed. Next one we have is the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. So like I said earlier, this game was in jeopardy because of COVID. We did have news in the Atlanta house, and it was big. And I mean, I mentioned this on another podcast, and it was uh, inevitable, in my opinion. It was the fact that they fired head coach uh, Dan Quinn. They fired general manager Dimitrov, Thomas Dimitrov. And, and they're looking to rebuild. So this is a very interesting thing. It's actually a sad day for me because I, I am a closet Atlanta fan. I like watching them a lot. Always have been a supporter. And the reason, of course, is my man Julio Jones. I love Julio. I mean, you know this. You know this better than anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Outside of Andre <laughs> Reed, Julio's my guy, right? So, I mean, this to me is a sad day because I know the interim general manager said he's not going to blow up this team. He's not going to start stacking picks, but the owner hasn't uh, uh, endorsed moving forward with Matt Ryan. So that is a little bit of a question mark. I think if, if they can't win uh, a week before the trade deadline, even if they only have one win, when's the trade deadline? It's like week eight, right? Week eight, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so if they, can, if they get one win by week eight, I literally believe they're selling the farm. I think they're going to try to get rid of basically everybody. Julio is, a, is, a, is an interesting one. Because I think you could still get a stockpile of picks for Julio Jones. I really wonder if they're going to move him, though. He's still only 31 years old. Yes, he's dealing with injury problems, but I just I can't see it. I can't see him not being in the Dirty Bird colors, man. It's, it's going to be weird seeing him play on a different team. <laughs> yeah, Julio, Julio, Julio. That's, that's your heart and soul there for, yeah, uh, for a while. Oh, man. This, one, this one's tough. We, we knew it was coming. Some of us thought this was going to happen a few years ago, um, mm. to be honest. So it's been it's been a long time coming. That, that team just hasn't been able to get things right, right? And if you're you're an Atlanta fan or not, you've been aware of this, and you do have to feel for them some kind of way. It's been it's been sad since the uh, Super Bowl. Julio is such a class act. Matt Ryan, class act. Dan Quinn, the whole the whole front office there. You, you do cheer for them from afar, even though I'm an Eagles fan. They just they do pull at your heartstrings, so you do want them to have some success. And it's been such an up and down ride. So you knew it was coming. Uh, it, this is hopefully the, the thing that they needed to do to turn this thing around. Uh, I'm with you, though. I'm not sure about Julio. I have a sneaky feeling that he wants to stay there. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to push for a trade, and I'm not sure if they're going to look for one either or just look to move the other pieces and just build around him and, uh, and Calvin Ridley, which they have uh, amazing pieces in, right? Uh, in terms of choosing Atlanta for any sort of win purposes, I'm so far off that. This is Minnesota. I'm not yeah. touching it. I will not go back down Atlanta road till they show me something that, that warrants that. Agreed. So Raheem Morris, uh, good luck. You're inheriting a tough situation, but I'm definitely just Minnesota, what they're doing, even without the running back from what I saw with Anthony Madison is his feet, his footwork. If you close your eyes and just kind of take a quick glimpse, you might still see a little bit of Dalvin cook running there. So he's yeah. got some crazy feet too. He can, he can move the pile like Dalvin with the, with the old line. So I like what they're doing. I like how Kirk Cousins is starting to use his number one and number two receivers. So uh, I'm definitely riding with that. And for fantasy purposes, you can go with uh, all the receivers, I think, in this game that are healthy on both sides of the ball. Um, this should be a pretty good game with uh, some points on the board. 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm totally with that too. I mean, this should be another high-scoring game. I mean, Atlanta has no choice but to get back to the drawing board, get back on the field and try to put up points. I mean, what else do you have to play for now? I mean, you're playing for pride. So uh, when it comes to Minnesota, you make an interesting point, and I'll piggyback that because I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing from Minnesota. It's like the cohesive nature of the offense actually has come back together since they started using Jefferson like he was supposed to be used. Granted, Absolutely. right, and, and he's, a, he's a rookie. I get it. So it, it takes time. It's not the Stefan Diggs chemistry, but he's learning so fast. He's maturing so fast right in front of our eyes. Adam Thielen is, is like lifting his game to another level. He's running routes we never seen him run. Like against the Hawks, he was running deep, and it's like you don't see that with Adam Thielen all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, right? that's true. Yeah. And, then, and then when you got Madison – I mean, I'm with you. I think Madison's very talented. He's very quick and shifty. Um, when it comes, the funny thing was, I, I wrote my article for Start Sit, and I had uh, Mike Boone as a potential uh, a big day player, only because this man is a TD vulture when Dalvin Cook isn't there. And right. and I mean, we got everybody knows, man. Fantasy football right now, you know that running backs are scarce, and it's a high co- hot commodity. If you need someone right now, I guarantee you, Mike Boone is sitting on that waiver. Uh, just asking to be picked up. It is a very high risk, high risk play. He could give you zero, but he could get you two touchdowns. And I mean, if you need it and you want to win, if you're like one and four, maybe now's the time you 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 take that risk and you you just you just put it in your lineup and hope for the best. Yeah, you got a Mike Boone sighting. Uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, the way they run the ball, there's going to be opportunity. There's going to be opportunity. And the way Atlanta gives up points, there's going to be tons of opportunity. So even in the garbage time, right? So when it, that's, that's my thought too. So even if Absolutely. this score gets out of, out, of, out of hand, I mean, Mike Boone, could, he could easily see 10 to 12 touches in his backfield. Yeah, you're, you're dead on with that. And he's one, you know, one injury away from having a full-time role in that game too. So you never know. You never know. It's not a bad, uh, not a bad grab there for the very tough position. And I'm with that too. Minus four for Minnesota. I'm taking that all the way to the bank and I'm not even looking back. Next one we have is the Washington football team taking travel to New York to face the lowly Giants. So the Giants are interesting to me because this division is still anybody's game. We will discuss what happened in Dallas when that Dallas game comes up because that was heart-wrenching. But um, Mm -hmm. this division is totally up in the air. Anybody's game right now, this is a big one. If it comes to the division winner, this is a massive game early in the season between Washington and New York. I have no confidence. I don't know if you have confidence. I have zero confidence in Daniel Jones at this point. The man just simply can't get out of his own way. He's constantly getting sacked. When he, when he throws the balls to Slayton and he, he's finding them, it, it's beautiful. It's a magical thing. But when he's just making the poor decisions, he's holding the ball too long, he's turning the ball over, this is what is crippling the New York Giants because literally the defense is playing a lot better than I had envisioned. I thought they were going to be a league bottom feeder. They are not. They are playing very well. The, the addition of the linebacker Martinez has completely changed uh, this defense. They're playing very well. Um, I don't know about Washington. If I saw that Kyle Allen's playing, uh, did you see anything of that? I believe Kyle Allen is getting to start. Okay, He's yeah. going to start, and Alex Smith is his backup. Okay, so I'm okay Dwayne with Haskins that. Haskins is still on, on the third string there. Yeah, so I'm okay with that. I mean, because I think Kyle Allen does give this, gives this offense a better shot to win, a better shot to move the ball. Um, when it came to picking a winner, I'm going with the Giants simply because it's, an, it's a minus three. Um, so 
I, I think the Giants proved that they can keep up with a team like the Cowboys. Granted, the defense is weaker on the Dallas Cowboys, um, but I think that this, they'll, they'll be able to pull off a three-point game. Yeah, this, this game, I'm with you. It's a very tough game uh, in a division that's wide open. Uh, <clears throat> a little sad that it's wide open as an Eagles fan, but <laughs> that is the reality. So uh, it, it's a wide-open division. And these two teams are both – I'm not sure if they're in the direction of, yeah, we can win now, or if they're in the direction of we should be rebuilding, but the record indicates that we might have a chance to win now, so let's go for it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a tough, it's a tough call. Uh, I, I went with the Giants as well because I sneakily have been on the Giants' defensive bandwagon for a while. Really? Um, I, I have. Uh, a couple leagues that we are in together, if you notice, I, I had their defense sitting on my Saw bench that. a week or two early. Just in hopes of playing them against some matchups like this with some offenses that have been struggling, they, they showed me something on tape a few weeks ago where I, I was surprised that they, in spite of Daniel Jones's play, mm-hmm. they've been pretty good. They've been very and had good. they had, uh, you know, an offense with Saquon and a quarterback not turning the ball over, we'd be talking about the Giants' defense in a completely different manner, I believe, at this point in the season. Agreed. So with that said, uh, they got some young talent back there that's, that's performing on the field going against the Washington offense that I believe is struggling. Um, two pieces, though, on Washington that I, that I am excited about is their running back situation. I do like what they're doing with Antonio Gibson. Every week he's getting a little bit more involved. Um, I think they have something there that uh, you, can, you can see in a future in. And then Terry. Of course. Uh, Terry, we all know, was amazing coming in. Um, we all had him pretty high, but he's even kind of superseded that for me in terms of him being matchup proof and in his own quarterback proof, despite yep. his quarterback play, despite the defense on the other end, Terry seems to be that player you can plug and play every week, regardless. His floor is, is very safe. Um, so he, he, he does pose a, a threat here for the giants. I do think Terry could have a, a decent game, but overall the offense is just not enough for me on, on Washington to pick them. And uh, like I said, with that defense, I, I'm riding the giants. Daniel Jones, just don't turn the ball over and everything will be all right. Just don't turn the ball over. Mr. Daniel Jones, yeah, I can't hate it. I mean, I think I'm with you on, on basically that entire evaluation. I, I, I believe I picked the Giants at minus three, and, and it's only because, like I said, like you said, the defense is playing much better than, than I had envisioned, and I think that they're going to do very well. We'll move to the next game that you are going to love. It is your Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Good God almighty. Let's get you some drinks pregame because this one might get out of hand early. Go ahead, kick us off. What do you think's happening in this one? Yeah, so for my Eagles, 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 let's fly Eagles. Nine and a half um, points, Baltimore. One, <laughs> here we go with a very interesting take. Now, I will start off with a disclaimer here. that I am definitely riding with my heart on this one. Do not. Uh, I might be the only one outside of Pennsylvania that's going with this, but I'm actually calling an upset. Not Whoa. just the cover. Not just to cover, ladies and gentlemen, we are calling an upset. Uh, we're calling the Philadelphia win here. Whoa. And, uh, I am. I am. Uh, I'm 100% sticking with that. I like what I saw from the offense against Pittsburgh's vaunted defense. Oh. I like the, uh, the explosion of my man, Travis Fulton. Oh. Uh, Practice squad savior. He showed us something. He showed something that uh, it makes a lot of sense why – the Eagles wanted Alshon Jeffrey to couple with Wentz's talents. Why we keep wanting to get him back on the field. Wentz is a, is a player that can play with big body receivers on the outside. 
the way he throws those passes where the little corners can't get to him, uh, it just seems a very, very comfortable spot for Lance. Um, so, yeah, I love Travis Fulgham. I think with this offense and Miles Sanders uh, finding himself getting healthier every week, showing a little bit more burst every week, showing that he's, uh, you know, he's a true running back. And with Doug Peterson's play calling and a bit of our desperation here in Philly, I'm, I'm calling for the upset. Now, there's a few more things that have to play in our favor. The defense has to play lights out. Uh, I do think going against an offense like Baltimore's, if we can get our run D where I believe it can be, that, that, that's a uh, matchup that doesn't scare us as much. They don't have the five wide receiver sets, four wide receiver sets that are going to put us in, in those matchup uh, nightmares where Nathan Gary somehow finds himself one-on-one with Chase Claypool. Right? We're not going to have that uh, type of scenario this week. Unreal. So with, uh, with, with that said, I'm calling my boys in, uh, in green to, to pull the upset here, find a way to contain Lamar just enough that he, he'll get the rushing yards, and I could see him having a good day on the ground. But we're gonna we're gonna hold down that passing game and and pull an upset here at twenty nine twenty six type win here in Philadelphia. Whoa, bold take from EJ. Check this out, man. This is this is big. Okay, I I get it. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna down it because you make some solid points. And the funny thing is, is that I undervalued, and that's weird for me because you know me, I'm a Miles Sanders backer, always have been since he came out of Penn. I'm I'm huge on the man's talent but i undervalued him last week i said it's a cautionary sit because of how well the pittsburgh Steelers defense has been playing and he was lights out i mean he found holes yes okay granted the most of his yardage came on that 170 yard run but he was involved in the past game he was able to create separation he was able to create the mismatch so that told me a very different tale of what miles sanders I thought of last year compared to this year, because now it seems like he's coming into his own. He is that true three down back. He is almost basically unbenchable at this point. You have to play him every week because he's just that damn good. You make an interesting point about Fulgham and Wentz when Wentz needs a big bodied wide receiver. I mean, I can see it. Uh, When have we really seen him with a uh, speedy type of wide receiver like Deshaun be successful? I don't remember a time. No, not not in the Wentz era. Yeah, see, so that's not an interesting. Wentz that's an interesting thing. I've, I actually, you you put a big point on that. I've never really caught that. But the I mean, the only scary point about that. I sorry to cut you off. Yeah, one thing ahead. about that that I didn't want to say it too loud is because then it it begs the question: Why we didn't draft Metcalf? Yes, exactly. And every time I think about it, I'm like, look at look at Wentz. Look at how he likes the big body receivers. Look at the chemistry. Why wouldn't Metcalf just be the one guy we have, would have wanted? And uh, yeah, oh, you, so you guys will never that. let that down, man. Never let we, that down. We, it's it's mind boggling. I, I I still don't understand the JJ uh, RC what's white side. I can't even say the you don't even know his name. You see, see? <laughs> I, because you just don't know him anymore, right? I mean, oh yeah, that Travis. Billy players don't know. Him. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Travesty, unbelievable. But you know, I got a question for you: Is Fulgham, man? Do you honestly believe? that this man is the real deal after two games. He was just this commodity sitting on the practice squad. Uh, Granted, he is only 25. I mean, so here's the thing. It takes wide receivers uh, between one and three years to develop in the NFL. If they pass that three-year threshold, it kind of basically tells the tale of what they're going to be in the league. I mean, Fulgham really hasn't had his chance. He's played a handful of games with the Lions. But, I mean, I'm with you. I saw something pretty special in this kid the last two games. I think he's the real deal. Um, I, from what I'm watching, uh, I, I see a receiver that completely understands his role, 
that seems comfortable in that role and seems to have chemistry with a quarterback that is begging for someone to have to find chemistry with. Um, you couple that with the fact that we need a wide receiver desperately. So he's going to have his opportunity now. And uh, yeah, I see it as a perfect match for him right now. Chance to break out. He'll have every opportunity to do so. And there's no reason to think he won't. Um, yeah. It was against the Pittsburgh secondary. They aren't the best, but for every doubter out there, you're going to have this Sunday to say, if, if Travis is uh, something or not, he's playing to me the two best corners combination in the league this week. So yep. it's going to be a tough matchup for us. The fact that I'm picking us has a lot to do with the fact that our, that our running game and Wentz's ability to, to extend plays, I, I see that coming through this week. It's going to be tough for Travis to have a game. I'm not saying he's a starter in any sort of sense, but in terms of having a, a splash play here or there, I do see him having that and showing that he uh, belongs here. Yeah, fair enough. I, 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 I did see something special in the kid, and I'm, I'm just curious. Now it's about consistency. Can you do it against the top-notch players week in, week out? And then you'll tell the tale on that as well. The, the difference I had here was the fact that I believe Baltimore is eventually going to break out of their funk. Uh, there's just something wrong. They're broken. Um, they're, they're trying to make Lamar something he isn't. Uh, at this point, at least, I mean, this is how I see it. I mean, I have no understanding to why you're not running the ball with the same efficiency, with the same volume you did last year. When I did the numbers, even I think two or three weeks ago, their projections were down massively uh, uh, in the run game. I mean, they were 596, and I think they were like 127 off at that point to match that total from last season. Um, uh, so it's a big one. Uh, Mark Ingram is basically a non-star these days. Like It's, it's very yeah. tough to trust it even in the red zone, like now Dobbins isn't even, even in there. So it's an interesting thing. I mean, I get why you're, you're, you're thinking the win could happen simply based on how they are playing. Um, but I, I mean, I'm curious. Yes. It's a travel to Philly. I get it too. I mean, it's still a bold take, man. It's still a bold take. I, I couldn't side with you on that as one. As bold as they come. That's the hot take, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a Philadelphia take. win. Whenever hot they are take. off everyone's radar, that's when they find their way back on. Hot take of the week. <laughs> Next game we have is the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those Pittsburgh Steelers coming out strong. Now they got a division game against uh, Cleveland. We're the rematch now with uh, uh, the, the Miles Garrett, who uh, did the indiscretions of slamming that helmet on Mason Rudolph. Uh, there might be some bad blood in this game, man. What do you think? Uh, for bad blood, I think they've they've kind of settled that. Uh, I heard actually this morning Miles said he would uh, he'd love to reconcile with Rudolph, and and this is not to be take a shot at Rudolph. Is he still on the the Steelers squad? <laughs> he is. He, he is. is. Okay. He's, he's the, is. the third string, or no? He's the backup. He's the backup. Okay. The backup. Well, yeah. It looks sounds like there's some reconciliation in terms of them uh, killing beef and and not having any uh, you know, drama going forward. In terms of football, though, Miles Garrett. If people haven't known this before, that's a defensive MVP candidate right there. Yes, and sir. he is an absolute monster. You see why he was selected, where he was selected. And, uh, you know, short of that, that Rudolph um, bonehead uh, mistake, yep. for like a, lack of a better term, uh, he's been absolutely unstoppable for over a year and a half now. Uh, if you go back and see what he was doing before, he was on an MVP-type run up until then as well, and he's right back where he left off. That's a, that's a player I wouldn't want to have to deal with. And if he does have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, then Pittsburgh and Ben might want to double-team him on every play this Sunday. Watch out. Uh, in terms of that game, though, we got ourselves a lot of fun things to talk about. Uh, Big Ben is back. 
Yep. We can say that. He had the bye week, a little bit of rust coming out. After he got that rust knocked off, you saw the band of old just slinging that thing to whoever was around, making young players look great, great players making him – or young, sorry, young players making him look great. And, uh, the Pittsburgh offense and the receivers are just, just unstoppable. And one receiver um, in question, Mr. Chase Claypool. That guy right there. That, that nice. Canadian kid right there, Chase Claypool, is something else. He, he had his uh, welcome to the NFL moment there. And absolutely dominated my Eagles for what everyone else calls four touchdowns. I call it five. There was one that he got that was taken <laughs> off the board. It's true. That was five. That was a beast of a touchdown. Yep. Uh, this kid that we threw in after the, uh, the concussion to, to my boy Slay, we had to put in a, a young kid to, to handle one play, and his option was uh, Claypool, and he got burned for another touchdown. Thankfully, yep. it was an offensive pass interference, but wow, Clay, that, that kid is something else. Yeah, he's looking um, good. But yeah, Pittsburgh, with, with the, the addition of these, these receivers and having a healthy running back back in uh, Connor, who's, a, who's an absolute beast when he's healthy, I don't see how Cleveland is going to have enough to keep up with them uh, without Chubb being uh, on IR now. And with Baker banged up with those ribs, they're saying he's even questionable. Saw that. Um, he might not go. I have a feeling he might not go. It sounds like he had more optimism to play than, than realism. Uh, I see no way with without Baker that this team can keep up with a, a dominant offense and defense like Pittsburgh. Yeah, even with Baker, I was still questioning this. I'm still taking the points. Um, it, it's 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 what Pittsburgh does well. So, I mean, this has been the pedigree of the Steelers for how many years with Big Ben? You have good wide receivers. You have a running back who's serviceable and can gain yards so that you can set up the play-action pass. And then you have a dominant defense. I mean, this is the staple of the Pittsburgh Steelers every year with exception to the one year that Big Ben was injured. I mean, every, every other time, it's the same Steelers offense, same Steelers type of defense, same way of playing. And, I mean, I'm with it, man. I, we were talking about Claypool and Deontay Johnson in, in the Week 2 show, and, and, I mean, this is the thing that I saw when, when we were talking about Claypool. He is, he's that gifted, and, and granted, he is going up against lesser coverage because Juju is still taking the primary coverage away from him. But this is what Pittsburgh does. This is what they do very well. They can, they can uh, evaluate talent to the degree that they can, they can keep somebody like Juju on one side, Antonio Brown on one side. Juju's numbers were huge. So now you're going to see the same type of revelation happen again, in my opinion. I did want to talk about Deontay a little bit because I am a little bit nervous about this kid right now. Um, I'm a big supporter of his talent as well. But, I mean, the injuries are starting to creep up. Um, it's, it's actually now a point where it's becoming a problem for me um, to trust. Um, are you feeling the same way, or you just think it's kind of oh. a blip on the radar? No, absolutely. Deontay's injuries is, is what it is now. Uh, he, he looks like an injury-prone player. Uh, he's in that position that you, you can't really trust him until you see it. You want to see it at least for a full game. You haven't seen that in a long time, so it's hard to, to say anything about Deontay right now without just discussing his injuries. Uh, I was very high on him. Um, we discussed that previously a couple weeks ago. Yep. It was Deontay and Clay. We were both saying Juju's the third man out. I still feel strongly about that after seeing what Clay did last week. He's, he's 100% arrived. Um, if you look at some of those plays, too, you could tell that a lot of those plays were actually designed for Deontay. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look back at some of the films, some of the jet sweeps, some of the motions, it looked like Clay was actually filling in for the Deontay role. Mm -hmm. Now that now as an analyst, uh, football guy, fantasy football guy, that's still a very positive thing you can take away for Deontay. Sure. Just seeing that the plays are there, they're going to be scripted for him to have games like Clay's game. 
maybe not a four touchdown game. Not only mm-hmm. a few players can amass such things, but the, the point is there's play scripted in that offense for an explosive player like Deontay to succeed. So I'm still positive about that with the quarterback play that he can, he can absolutely thrive. Like I expect him to, but the injuries is it's too big right now to even consider throwing him in. I'm actually really happy they're sitting in this week. He was questionable all the way up until today, even though he practiced, I believe, uh, on Thursday, he was questionable all the way up until today. And I- I'm happy that they are like shutting down his back now, toe concussions. Let's just give him an, a full possible two to three weeks to fully heal. Because fantasy owners, we can't. We can't put him out there until he's, I see him play a full game. Personally, I want him. Even when they say he's healthy, I want him healthy and a productive game. Correct. Then I'm going to revisit my Deontay shares and see what we can do with that. Agreed. I'm 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 right there with that. I couldn't set it better myself because it is it is a problem. It's a, it's a grave concern. But I mean, when we're talking about the Cleveland Browns, their defense has been playing very well. Um, uh, but again, I can't I can't move away from the Pittsburgh Steelers, so we'll just move on from that game. Next one up, we have the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. Titans coming off their COVID problem, dismantling my Buffalo Bills to a score of 42 to 16, I believe it was. Just gross. I mean, they looked prepared. They dominated. They capitalized on every opportunity, capitalized on every turnover, every penalty, change of field. I mean, it was just all Tennessee all day long. Um, uh, What are we seeing in this contest? Because I'm a little bit interested. I I, I think what we saw – first, I'll kick it off with Houston. I mean, maybe you'll hit the Tennessee Titans. But what I saw and what I've been wanting to see from Houston all season long is utilizing that speed they have on the field with cooks with fuller and stills. And then now you can have DJ come out of the backfield, whether or not he's going to be involved in PPR or he's going to have less stack boxes to run through. This is what I wanted to see. It only took the firing of coach Bill O'Brien to get this to happen. I mean, Brandon cooks ate last week. He ate really well. And, and I, and I foresee this happening again week after week because with this type of ammunition, and speed this is what Deshaun Watson needs this is what he wants I mean he's gonna be able to support it but now the question is will the run game follow I'm still still a little bit weary now because DJ's getting the volume I mean his averages are in the 16 to 17 carries a game um, so he's getting the volume that's not the question it's just the productivity isn't at par and then if that's not working I don't understand why coaches don't recreate the run in the past do the short pass game, you know, get the PPR short. That way you're going to bring up the safeties. You have the speed now, then kick them, uh, kick them deep and burn them. This is, this is Houston. This is what Houston's playbook should look like through and through. Um, but going up against a Tennessee team that is extremely hot, it looks rested off COVID uh, early by. Um, uh, how are you seeing this? Yeah, that, that Tennessee team surprised me. That, that was one that I have to say. Uh, hats off to Tennessee. I was completely wrong about that pick. Buffalo, I'll let you dive into a little more on how that happened. But Buffalo yeah. definitely was uh, a team that I was high on and riding with them and saw nothing of what happened. If, if anything, I was going to say the flip. If there was oh. going to be a team to walk out 42-16, I would have said it was the flip. So that was one hell of a showing. Um, I'm excited in the, in the sense that it showed us this is, a, this is an NFL that on a week-to-week basis – almost anyone could be caught off guard. And if yeah. you're not ready, you can get your, your butt handed to you. Uh, and I like that. I like the parody. I like that we're seeing some other teams show, uh, you know, even the experts, all the experts, no one foresaw that. So this is, this is good. It's good for the NFL. It's good to see some of these other teams that you're not necessarily uh, certain about or teams that you feel like you're 100% certain about maybe get, uh, get their chin punched a little bit there and have to, have to go back to the drawing board. But in, in terms of what, uh, what we're seeing in Houston, this is, this is what we both talked about, what we expected. This is what 
why I believe Deshaun was even considered a possible MVP candidate was yep. that he was going to have to play his butt off. He was going to have to run for his life. The old line's not the best, but he had all that speed and the resurgence of DJ Rum that, you know, the numbers should be there. The production should be there. And uh, we're seeing a little bit of it. We finally saw a breakout. I, I think we'll see a lot more of it this week. But I'm very concerned with DJ in terms of just his personal production. I don't love it. Um, I am down on him. And, and I think that going forward, if the offense keeps trending upward, they're going to actually going to insert Duke a little bit more for the passing plays and a little bit more for those third down in the PPR formats. You'll see a lot more Duke come in. He's done this in the past where Duke starts slow and you don't really hear his name in terms of any PPR production. And then in those weeks, 10, 12, 14, all of a sudden Duke Johnson's a hot waiver pick because yep. he's getting all these touchdowns and catches and receptions in place. So something like that could play out again, which is what scares me with David. But uh, in terms of those speed receivers, Brandon Cooks, pick him up. Will Fuller, if he's healthy, play him. Uh, those guys are going to be eating and they're going to keep going. Yeah, I agree. I'll touch on the Bills debacle when we get to that game. But, I mean, I, I, this, this game is interesting because you got Tennessee favored at four points. They're clearly Vegas is, is trying to bait the public to say what happened in that week, uh, uh, last week on Tuesday with the Bills, that it was just an explosion off offense. A.J. Brown is now back in the mix. Thank God I was missing that guy as well. He looks, he looks fantastic. I mean, to Absolutely. me, A.J. Brown is that – put together wide receiver with speed and juke and and muscle and like he's a he's a real deal i i can't wait i hopefully he stays healthy and continues this is gonna be a good game i foresee a shootout personally mm-hmm. i think that that could definitely happen only if houston doesn't get in their own way if houston just keeps moving and i agree with you with with another week of preparation uh behind romeo cornell i think with this new outlook with bill o'brien gone um you have the potential to do something very good against this uh Tennessee Titans club because Tennessee is beatable. I mean, Buffalo basically handed them the, the victory on a silver platter. And like I said, I'll touch that when we discuss my bills. Next game we have is the COVID potential cancellation. The Denver Broncos going up to new England to face the Patriots. Cam Newton is back. He is coming off COVID. I've heard he is back. He will be playing Stefan Gilmore. I heard the same thing. Uh, that kind of concerns me for my Tim Patrick shares. I was going to promote him to my starting lineup this week. If Steph was sitting, but he is playing playing i am not as comfortable playing that even though drew Locke is supposed to be coming back to the field as well we did see melvin gordon hit the dui when he got busted driving really fast uh, drunk as a skunk he wasn't practicing on friday but apparently that was due to an illness not because he was hung over um but yeah i mean this game to me is interesting um <laughs> you know I, I don't know i i had to go back and forth man where are you going with this one this one was, was very interesting. Uh, a lot of moving pieces. When, when there's all these moving pieces, it's really hard to call. You know, um, The Melvin Gordon piece, the two players coming off the COVID list, uh, are, they, are they clear? Are they playing? Is it 100%? Like, what, what's going on? Then new COVID tests showing up and the facility being shut down. So a lot of moving pieces making it really hard to pick. Uh, but when, whenever I find myself in the corner like that, I just say, you go with Bill. You go with Bill. You go with that defense. You said Gilmore's back, best corner in the game until proven otherwise. So that's where I'm hanging my hat. I believe uh, just to touch on a little bit of uh, the, the COVID thing, Cam coming off that, that list. Um, I haven't really followed a lot of what he's saying in his personal social media since he went on the list. But prior to that, Cam was on. Uh, this, was, this was one of those reunion tours. He was coming here and he was coming to prove a point that he is the man. And I think he was doing that. 
even if you give him a down game in terms of fantasy production in that Rex Burkhead breakout, it's just because Burkhead had one of those hat trick, you know, freak out games. It's not real. It's not that Cam stunk it up or anything like that. And uh, with him coming off the COVID list now with another couple weeks of not being able to play, I think this man is going to be up set and ready to play so i don't want to pick against bill and i don't want to pick against cam and i think both of them have a, a lot of to prove and, and they're sick of waiting around to prove it so i gotta go with new england and just handle what they need to handle this week and you took the spread you took nine points if i'm not mistaken so I believe it is, I did, yeah. yeah it's still it's nine points still as of today but i mean i couldn't see the nine points do i see the patriots winning this game yes i do because this is what Bill Belichick does. He does it very well, especially when you are locked up in COVID. He is going to make all his players watch film 24-7, and he's going to make sure that they understand what schemes they're going after the Denver Broncos. Okay, but when it comes to Denver, this is the thing. Okay, Jerry Judy, I'm a huge fan. I think there is mismatch appeal there. Um, uh, perhaps we see Steph shadow Judy this week and Tim Patrick is that guy in switches. I mean, there's so many, like you said, there's moving parts here, even when the, the matchups come into play. Um, Melvin Gordon to me uh, isn't as dire as it would be um, for someone like a, a CMC or a Barkley, in my opinion, because they still have Philip Lindsay. Lindsay's yeah. proven to be a, a, a two-time 1,000-yard running back. Yes, he's coming off the injury, so he might be a little bit out of football shape. Um, and Drew Locke is coming in off that shoulder, so, I mean, he might be a little rusty. I get it. Um, but I can see potential for the spread getting killed, but I do agree with you. I think the Patriots do win this game. I think Cam Newton, like you're saying, is going to want to prove something because – He's, he's never the one to feel like he let his team down. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think New England wins, but I still did take the under on that one. I am not th thinking they're going to cover. Next game we have is the surging, the absolutely surging Miami Dolphins and Ryan Fitz Magic going up against the Adam Gase and basically nobody left on his team because he ran them out of town, New York Jets. Nine points for the Miami Dolphins. This game was uh, uh, fun to dissect in the, in the preview for me because it's so weird to say that Miles Gaskin is a, is a thing for fantasy football. And he, he literally is. Oh, he looks good. He, he looks, looks good, really good doing it. Yeah. You know, the coach Brian Flores, he's doing, he's doing some good things. And, and the funny thing is this offense is starting to move with Fitzpatrick and we haven't even seen Tua yet. So, if, if Tua is as advertised like his counterparts in Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert, I mean, there's a lot to get excited about if you're a Miami Dolphins fan offensively. That's for damn sure because Absolutely. Parker's, Parker looked good last week. Williams actually finally stepped up to the plate again. I was concerned about him early on only because he's coming off that knee injury. I had a feeling he was going to start slow. Now he kind of seems to have regained his confidence. He got his first 100-yard game last week. I'm excited. I think this is a wash, man. I think that the, the, the Dolphins take it to the Jets like nobody's business. And, and for the Jets, I'm staying away from it altogether. Yeah, I, that, I feel you on all those points. And uh, I agree with you. I 100% see the Miami Dolphins winning this game. They've turned the corner. Uh, we should pause and find out the last time the Miami Dolphins were nine-point favorites. That, that threw me. Nine-point favorites. That's got to be Miami Mar Dolphins. Marino days. That, that's an interesting line. I, I couldn't believe in 2020 that uh, that was actually a headline. But I think it speaks to two things. It speaks to the amazing resurgence of our guy Fitzmagic. Yep. It speaks to, uh, I believe this team has taken on a bit of its coach's personality. I mean, quietly, Brian Flores has this team playing um, with a certain edge, a certain 
personality. And you saw it from week one. From the moment they stepped on the field against New England and Cam Newton mm-hmm. in a game that everyone thought would be a dominant, you know, months to wait for Bill Belichick to plan, to destroy this team. And it didn't quite end up that way. Right. And uh, from that moment on, if you just watch what Miami's been doing, that defense has been very strong. And they've been playing football against whoever you put in front of them. And the Jets on the opposite side have been doing quite the opposite. <laughs> they haven't been playing against anyone. They, everyone's waiting for Gaze to be fired. The clock's ticking. We we're still wondering how that hasn't happened. Uh, they've let everybody go. It's just a, just a mess over there. But for some reason, with, with the spread being what it is, I just couldn't see myself saying Frank Gore that. and Joe Flacco um, saying that we're just here to, to get our butts whooped by the Miami Dolphins. I just couldn't see myself saying the Dolphins are – you know, the new AFC East type team that's going to just dominate and win games by 20 points or 14 points. So that, that just stayed in the back of my head. Like, it's the Dolphins, though. And I, I, can't, I can't give them a double-digit win yet. They got to show it to me on multiple occasions. And with the, uh, the line being out there for the world to see, I think Jets are like, us? We're nine-point dogs to, to the Dolphins? It's not the Patriots. It's the Dolphins. Some told me that these vets are going to say, ah, this is disrespect. We got, we got to at least show up. We're not going to just get our butts whooped like that. Yeah, and Crowder hasn't been able to be stopped by any team. So I think his, his uh, continued excellent play will, will happen. I thought it would regress with Joe Flacco stepping in, but that wasn't the case. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on everything. Dolphins have a lot riding with them. They look great. Uh, even if you see some of my leagues, I got Mike Gusecki shares here. His yep. tight ends are hard to find. He could blow up. I like the matchup this week. I'm a Mike Gusecki starter this week. But the, the, the lead, I just have a feeling division rivals, some vets over there in New York, a lot going down. I think they're going to show up and just try to keep this game closer than people think. Interesting, because I actually could not support the Jets this week. I really couldn't. I, I tried even with the Denver game. I, I was like, yeah, you know what? They're not going to ruin me on that one. They killed me. Um, the, the difference is I agree with you. So Jamison Crowder, I'll, I'll start there because Jamison Crowder, to me, I was all on board this offseason. I got, I got shares of him in every single league. I was not leaving a draft without uh, Jamison Crowder. That, yeah. yeah, So uh, and he's paying me back. I mean, yes, he did Absolutely. miss a couple of games, but he is averaging in full PPR 22.5 points per game. That is like lead leading, and nobody is talking about this. Everyone still questions, should I play Jamison Crowder this week? It should not be a question anymore. You play him. If you, okay, I get it. You know, I got other options too. <laughs> In one of our leagues, I got what? I got A.J. Brown. I got Robert Woods. I got Tyreek Hill, and then I got Crowder. There you so, go. I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> Crowder, you're riding the bench because you're going up against Xavier Howard and, and Byron Jones. So I'm going to take the money on that one. You're still probably going to burn me with a good 20 on my bench, but I'm okay. I'll take it. But he's been playing lights out playing very well. I mean, this, uh, this LaMichael P. Ryan too, this, this running back, that's, uh, that's going to be taken over yeah, with Frank. I wanted Gore. to hear your thoughts on that. Let's, let's hear what you think about yeah, P. Ryan. So I had to jump back into the film because I didn't do a lot of work on him this off season. And he's fourth starting- round pick. Yeah, something something like that. Yeah, he's he's in the mid to to later rounds. And he's he's an interesting play. I I don't see a lot that suggests he's going to be a generational type of back, but he's good enough that he can support a system if used correctly. Um, I I, I am very curious to see how many touches he's going to get. I mean, this is an Adam Gase guy. So, I mean, you got to think he's going to touch the ball. Um, 
it's it's interesting. I, I I loaded him up on a couple teams. I wanted to just say, you know what, just in case he does do something, I'm gonna have him on my roster because it could be a hit. You never know. Um, but Coach Gase is the wild card, right? I mean, you just never know Absolutely. how he's gonna use these guys. Outside of Crowder, I mean, you can't trust it. But for the Dolphins, I'm in full agreement. I think that defense, uh, they paid money to get them all there. Um, Byron Jones took a Brinks truck full of full of cash, so um, they gotta they gotta play their hearts out for sure. Big game in the in the afternoon, late evening, uh, early evening, excuse me, is the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is weird, man. You see this? The NFL only gave us two later afternoon games this week. What the hell is that about? Uh, the scheduling is is very strange. No Thursday football. That that was just a, a very sad Thursday night for me. I'm sure the families and the wives out there are very happy with that they one. Yeah. But for you know, for us, I was I I didn't know what to do with myself. How yeah. how do we not have what is this? This was, is not normal. Is it summertime? What's going on here? I was I was, I was confused. Yeah, it was it was odd. But and now now you're telling me that Thursday is only two afternoon games. Yeah, there's nine up with morning games. There's nine morning games and there's only two nine. afternoon and then the Sunday nighter. I don't know what the hell. So obviously, clearly, the NFL wanted to showcase the talents of Aaron Rodgers going up against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I don't know. You know, uh, the the spread on this one baffled me. Right now, it's still sitting at one point favoring the Green Bay Packers, and, and I'm completely baffled. Why is Green Bay getting such disrespect? I, I just I don't get it. They're coming off the bye. Aaron Rodgers is playing beautiful football. Aaron Jones is is one of the best running backs in the league at this point for fantasy production. You can't stop this, man. It's everything is working. They're getting Devontae Adams back. The defense is blitz central against an offensive line that showed they are extremely susceptible to the blitz from Khalil Mack and company. What the hell am I missing? One point? I don't know. It's, it, to me, this is just a, one of those gems that we're getting gifted again, that uh, we're missing a point or we're just – so much in the in the future that we we got this one on lock. It reminds me of early in the season when Minnesota and Green Bay, I believe, were playing, yep. and we said this is a lock. You got to go Green Bay. I'm not sure why it's a one point spread, but this is free money, man. Free money. And, and and this is this reminds me of it. This is the same thing. I don't see any scenario where Green Bay cannot find at least a win. If somehow the game is is a burn a burner and tight all the way to the end, I still see them pulling out the field goal late. You got Rodgers. You got that offense. You put them on the field in a two-minute situation, they're going to find a way. The, on, the, on the flip side, Tom still has some, some, something left. You, you saw him going up and down the, uh, the sidelines letting oh, people yeah. know we got, we got something to do here, guys. I'm not here to waste my last season. He was, he was so, hot, man. He was, oh, he, was, he was as hot as they get. Yeah. And uh, I believe it's for a reason. Though. He's, he's focused. He's laser focused. This is not a season to waste. Uh, he wants everyone to get onto his level. And I do think Tampa Bay will have uh, – one of their better showings, I have been saying on your show here for a while that I'm not 100% on them. I was worried about them this year. They mm-hmm. patchwork team and a lot of free agent acquisitions to put things together, and I didn't think it would work. Um, but I do think with Tom, uh, the way he was rallying everyone and letting them know that we have a job to do, that they will play some good football this week, but not enough to keep up with a Super Bowl contender like the Packers. They're hitting on all cylinders. Uh, Roger knows this is, this is one of those games where he's going against the GOAT here. And, he, he finds himself as uh, one of those guys that when he looks in the mirror, I know Roger sees a goat. Yeah. So he, he's going to say, hey, you guys, you guys think that's the goat? Check me out. Yeah, he's, he's going to be up for this game 110%, man. This oh, is yeah. like, he goes up against other top-notch quarterbacks. It's, it's just fire in his belly. But I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I, I went back and I had to review what had happened with Chicago and Tampa Bay. 
I, I literally watched almost every down again, and it was really bad. And, and, and when you look at it from a team like Chicago, they should have no business competing with all the talent Tampa Bay has. But they were able to remove virtually everything from Tampa Bay's offense. Tom Brady is that statue in the back. He's not going to be able to maneuver his way. If you bring any sort of pressure towards his side and there's no quick out, there's no open wide receiver, I don't know what you're doing. I, I, I really can't see anything positive happening. Do I believe that Tom Brady will compete? Yes, I do, because it is Tom Brady. Do I believe they're going to try and keep it competitive? Absolutely, because that defense is still strong enough that they can make that happen. Um, but I'm really concerned about, about Tampa Bay after this game because I just, like I said, off the bye week, extra, extra week of prep for Tom Brady and company, I just don't see it. I think uh, Green Bay is just going to pick up right where they left off. And like I said, Devontae Adams right back in business. I think you're going to see a lot of points on the board. Ooh, Devontae Adams owners must be excited. Very excited. Sunday nighter, man. We got the LA Rams taking travel to San Francisco and San Fran is licking their wounds after being totally ruptured by the Miami Dolphins. Like we were talking about Miami did give them a pounding, get, did give them a beating. I, one interesting aspect I did see from last week was when coach Shanahan came out and said that he didn't believe that Jimmy Garoppolo was fully hundred percent. It showed in his play. He looked off. He didn't look healthy. He didn't look right. He was throwing mistake balls everywhere in every direction. I haven't heard if he's starting this week. I heard he's practiced all week, but I mean, are mm-hmm. they setting themselves up for disaster against a Rams team whose defense is also playing extremely well? Absolutely. I think San Francisco has got to start looking at next year. I'm not sure how that happens so fast, but uh, well, you're already uh, last going to week, next year. Hey, I'm already going to next year with them. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. The division is, is definitely too tough to come back from any sort of uh, missteps. And they've had more than missteps. So once you're losing to the Eagles and the Dolphins, I believe in this 2020 season, you're, you're not looking like a team that has any shot at, uh, at playoffs or anything deeper than that. Um, granted, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting. They're a team that has great coaching, great character. So they're going to keep fighting. But the Rams are hitting on all cylinders. They don't have the injury bug. They just got their uh, rookie running back back off of injury there. So That's right. I don't see any issues with the Rams and, and how they can struggle or even manage to, uh, to, to make this a game. I uh, look at four quarters, they're just a better team. And they're playing sound football. They're playing safe football. Jerry Goff's not turning the football over. They're, they're hitting on their bootlegs. They're hitting on the run game. They're hitting on the play action. What's, what's not to like about how the Rams are playing? You got Aaron Donald. You got Jalen Ramsey. It's, it's a solid football team that I believe is, is finding its way and adding new wrinkles every week and just playing very safe and sound football versus a team that has completely lost their, their starters, found, lost their way, and, and you're not sure who's going to play quarterback this week. Yeah, and I think I just caught myself. I think I said Leonard Floyd when we were talking about Chicago. He actually plays for the Rams, stupid. Uh, but, yeah, yeah <laughs> see, at least I caught myself this week because uh, <laughs> you make mistakes. Even, even as much as you watch football, you still make mistakes. But I mean, Jalen Ramsey impressed me, man. Now he is looking like that corner. Like, we knew he was great. I mean, we knew he's an elite cover corner. But when he's coming in and he's laying guys out like he's a safety, this is, this is something that I don't remember seeing in Jacksonville as much. But, I mean, I, I like this defense a lot. I think that they're going to really 
really make it a difficult time for San Francisco. I'm putting Mostert on the bench this week. I get it. Mostert can be that guy that's running the quick uh, uh, one cut downhill and he breaks a 60 yarder for a touchdown, but I'm, I'm, it's not a must bench. It's a caution, caution recommendation. If you have other options, I, I totally recommend taking them because this is going to get out of hand uh, rather quickly. I would, I would believe um, like you said, Cam Akers is coming back. His usage is, is going to be uh, uh, something to watch. I still think Daryl Henderson is the guy in this backfield yeah. at this point. You can't move away from it. Um, the difference is I think Higby actually has a big day. Uh, even though the 49ers do cover uh, the tight end very well, I'm thinking Higby is going to have a very, very large role, kind of mismatch uh, appeal because he hasn't been utilized the last three weeks, and I think it's time for that he's going to have a, a feature role. I, I think both tight ends are – can have a role here. Everett, he's sneakily good too. Yep. See, he can have very few catches and still turn that into big production. He's amazing, amazing with the ball in his hand. He's got great rack for a guy that's not talked about. That's a guy to look out for. If they get the ball in Everett's hand, he can run with that ball. Agreed. Agreed. I still think the 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 49ers are going to take another another butt whipping on the on uh, Sunday night football. Monday night, we got two games to cover. We'll start with my boys, the Buffalo Bills hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. No Le'Veon Bell. He needs to go through COVID protocol. He is going to be out for six days. If he tests negative on all those six days, he can jump into practice and probably play uh, next week. But when we talk about my bills, let, let me break this down for you, what I saw with Tennessee. So it was, it was a number of things that added to this loss. So number one was the loss of Trey White. He didn't play. That was massive for the defense. Matt Milano, I am uh, an uneven supporter of Matt Milano, but he does a lot of things well on this defense. Losing him was very big also. And the biggest piece was John Brown. Surprisingly enough, John Brown means a whole hell of a lot to this offense. He is the, yeah, he's the field stretcher. Um, they've kind of more, the, the weird thing was, is I thought the bills would have, would have kind of altered the, the game plan and used Beasley more in that digs department where it is the short intermediate routes. And then digs would have went deep to kind of spread the field. Didn't happen. Um, digs took a massive amount of targets. I think he had like 15, 16 targets in that game. And yeah, and he was catching everything basically to come his way. Um, but you did see the defense was able to make it a, a very short field, a one-sided field. Josh Allen, you can't, you can't pin it on him because, I mean, the first turnover wasn't his fault. Andre Roberts tipped the ball, and it went into the, the defender's hands. You couldn't get your run game going, and then the turnover started mounting. The mistakes started happening, and then Tennessee, like I said, capitalized on absolutely everything. But the other thing that I want to say is that that game was such a disservice to the Buffalo Bills because they typically, or they literally, I should say, didn't know that that game was going to happen until Sunday evening. Um, ah. was, was the confirmation. So the way that I saw it was they already were looking past Tennessee and they were looking at the Chiefs and prepping for them for that Thursday night football game. Mm. But then they got two days of prep. So, I mean, they would have had to have put both installations in for both games, but that obviously is taxing on any club to have to prepare for two different teams and then think you're going to execute. So my money's on the fact that that was just a blip. Um, Buffalo uh, will lick their wounds and they're going to go up against the Chiefs in a game that I am actually kind of fearful. I mean, I've seen... Um, um, all the guys are coming back. John Brown, they're all supposed to uh, play on Monday night. Trey White's in, Milano's in. But where my fear comes in is the Buffalo Bills really have nothing on this roster to stop a player like Travis Kelsey. They struggle Ooh. to cover the tight end at the best of times. And the funny thing is, is that even if, say, Hyde or Poyer do 
creep up to play a double team on Kelsey. I could see McCole Hardman being the guy that is just going to rip this team apart. Um, they don't have a corner. We saw poor Josh Norman. I mean, he got his heart ripped out on, on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, I mean, the guy's got a family, man. I'm seeing memes about the poor man. Like, <laughs> it was awful to see. But I think that's, that's the difference. That's probably going to be the difference. I think Josh Allen has a much better game than he had last uh, on Tuesday. I think he, the, he's going to get up for this game. It's, it's Patrick Mahomes. They're, they're of the same age group. They're, they're the talents that are going to be the new era of the NFL moving forward. So I think he's going to try his best to keep this game going. I think he's going to have enough to do it. Um, but like I said, the defensive side right now is the, is the kryptonite that's going to hurt him. Are you calling an upset here? We got a Bills win or what? Oh, I can't do it. I, I think they keep it close. You know, you know what I want to see, honestly, more than just a fan, I want to see it as an analyst of, of someone reviewing this team. I really want to see the growth. I want to see Buffalo be able to stick with the Chiefs to a point that they're competitive. I don't want to see him give up. I want to see the heart. I want to see him play to the very end because in that Tennessee game, you saw it was just complete give up. It was mistakes right. piling up. It was penalties and all that crap. Drop passes. We haven't seen drop passes from the Buffalo Bills this year mm-hmm. at all. So, I mean, if they correct all those inadequacy and they at least keep up, I won't be surprised if the Bills win. I'll put that out there. But I, I still think Kansas City wins this game. Okay. That's fair. I was even the opening there. I wanted to see if you, you wanted to call the upset. Ah, no, I can't, man. Analysts speak. I got to take fandom always out of that, out of that big time. No, for Buffalo, I, I honestly do think that uh, that was a blip as well. I, I don't think the team is as bad as that showing. And now that you've broken it down in terms of the scheduling and all that, it, it does make sense. And I can see that as a definite reason for why they, they had that showing. Um, but yeah, I'll say what, what I think you're holding back on. Your, your guy, Allen's supposed to be an MVP candidate here. And he came out the gates as an MVP candidate. And uh, I'm not going to let one week scare me from saying that. He's going against Mahomes. This is supposed to be two MVP candidates. Let's see it. Josh, step up. And I think you will. And we're going to have ourselves two guys that are confident in their abilities going back and forth. Uh, Mahomes is coming off a loss. Yep. Mahomes is coming off the first, uh, I believe, double-digit loss of his career. Like ever in the NFL. Yep. That's amazing. So we don't even know what that looks like. I believe that Mahomes has a bit more, um, I'm going to use the word ego here, than people think. And I don't say ego in a negative connotation, but I do believe he has a bit of an ego. And I do believe he has a bit of a, a legacy, uh, excellence chasing mentality. It looks like it's been in him since day one. Very few people have this. I, I think a lot of people kind of work towards that or find themselves uh, Just in their in career it. where they see it. But he looks like yeah. he's known from day one. He's building a legacy from the moment he stepped on the field. So this 10-point loss, not going to sit well. Right. And for that reason, that's why I took the Chiefs. Uh, no other reason, honestly. I had no other reason. I wanted to take the Chiefs off of your boy Sammy Watkins' rivalry game, yep. but he's not even going to play. I know, he's not. He's not even going to play. So I, I can't even use that angle. This is strictly off Mahomes, pissed, lost, let's go. But I think your guy here, Allen, is going to have something to say. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game, very close game, probably down to you know that last possession. I did take the Chiefs to cover, but I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if Buffalo holds it uh, within three points or, or even finds a way to pull the upset. I think we've got two, uh, two heavy waiters, heavy hitters coming at each other. Let's get ready for a great Monday game. 
Yeah, I, I think everyone should be excited for this one. Agreed, and I, I want to see it. That's the progression I'm talking about, even as a fan. And I've been preaching about the progression of Josh Allen since he came in the league. Give the time, give the guy time to grow, give him time to develop, and he's proven it. Yes, he yeah. absolutely he absolutely is in the MVP category. I don't care what anybody says. Um, Russell's obviously still ahead of that uh, uh, yeah. spectrum. Uh, but it's Russ. I mean, let's let's give him the credit. But but he's in there. I mean, and, and Josh Allen has proven like he he made some poor judgments last last week, and I think that was because he was trying to do too much when the when the chips were down. Um, and again, that's going to be a good learning curve for him is not to force the issue. You still had opportunities to win the game, to come back and try to force uh, the ball into your receivers is probably not the best situation to do it in. But yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm excited as a fan. I'll be yelling loud, cheering, cheering. I'll give you one hot take on that game. Yeah. Whichever team gets their running game going yeah. is going to win that game. I, I, feel, I, I believe so. both teams have struggled to get the running games as consistent as you'd expect. I'm actually pretty dissatisfied with both teams offensive yep. running games thus far. Um, Mahomes has been running well as an individual, and we all know Josh can run. He's, he's an elite runner. But if either team can get their consistent, not, not escapable running, we want comparable running plays that are positive. If either team, whichever team does that, I think is going to win that game. Yeah, and Zach Moss is coming back. So it's interesting to see if they're going to actually do a split backfield this week because Singletary has been hitting some walls. So the final game, uh, the interesting point is that uh, Bill's game is 5 p.m. Eastern time. So it's very early. Um, And then then we get the the second game at usual regular time of 8.15. Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) Tell her to make supper later because we're not going to be eating. Arizona and Dallas finishes off the week six on Monday night football. Obviously everybody knows by now, if you saw it, it was, it was horrific. It was terrifying. Um, Dak Prescott super fracture on his ankle and his fibula. Uh, It's one of the worst injuries that you can watch. I think as a, as a, as a sports fan, Um, I'm not a Cowboys fan by any stretch. I do like the players, some players they do have on this roster, but nobody ever cheers for something like that. Nobody ever wishes that for anybody. And I mean, Dak was just playing lights out this season. I mean, he was, his numbers are just astronomical when you look at the projections of what he was able or could have been able to do. Um, but now everything is in question when it comes to, uh, the, uh, the contract that he could get. Um, obviously the Jerry Jones offered him a big contract, uh, 33 million per year at for six, if I'm not mistaken. So you're roughly around 200 mil. Now he took the, the franchise tag to bet on himself, believing he could make even more money. Um, I don't know how that shakes out, but we'll leave that to another day, maybe in the off season when that comes, but this Dallas Cowboys offense now with Andy Dalton going up against the Arizona Cardinals, it is in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, it is. It's in Dallas. I don't know. I think that this is, I don't think that Dallas' season is over by any stretch. I think Andy Dalton is more than capable to run this offense. He's a former 4,000 yard passer in this league, over 30 touchdowns in this league. Yes, that was back, I believe, in 2014 15. Um, so time has passed, but he's more than capable to move this offense forward. Absolutely. Uh, I was actually blown away. I was looking at some of the stats the other day doing some research, and Andy believe has three top 12 finishes and in, in fantasy football so mm-hmm. that's no slouch that's that's uh that's quite impressive actually considering the teams that he's been on the offenses around him and aj green's injury history and things of that nature and the supporting uh, I was cast this surprised team with that and now he's in a absolute gem of a situation right um i think you could throw me with a helmet coming out of my uh, my old self and, <laughs> and put that uh put that team on my back and see if we can move the ball at least once or twice down the field they got yeah. so many players uh, they got a, a guy that's their fourth receiver that's making plays. Cedric uh, Wilson. There you go, Cedric Wilson. So they, they got an offense there 
that uh, it's just it's just a match made in heaven. I believe for all those fans out there, doubters that were wondering why would you sign Andy Dalton as your backup, well, this you got your reasoning here. Uh, you never want to see something like we said happen back. That was heart heartbreaking, gut wrenching. Um, my prayers are for there for him. Hopefully, he gets speedy recovery, gets back on the field. He was dominant. You never want to see someone lose a job or lose an opportunity because of something like that. So I think he'll he'll be back. And uh, he'll be better than he was, or at least uh, pick right up where he was. So I'm not worried about that. But in terms of Dallas moving forward in a division that is wide open, seven wins could win you the division. Yep. No, no joke. This team is fine. Andy Dalton knows the offense. He knows how to play in the NFL. He knows how to get the ball into uh, playmakers' hands, and he's got a ton of them to work with. So I, I think Dallas will be all right moving forward. It's the defense that's the problem still, and nothing's changed from last week to this week to get that defense right. So I see Arizona finding a way to win. They just have too much threats on offense. I see DeAndre Hopkins coming into this game and balling out like he did last week. They, they feed him when, when he needs uh, – when he's on the field and he's healthy, they're going to feed him the ball. And if you try to take him away with too much help, then how are you going to stop the run game? How are you going to stop Kyle Murray? It's just the, – they got too, too many much. weapons over there. Uh, and this is with Drake having a very subpar season. He yep. hasn't even shown up, really. No, he hasn't. They, they haven't had a whole lot out of him. Chase has been a nice addition. He's done, he's done well for them. So they have him to fall back on if, uh, if Drake doesn't work out. The offense is just a little too much. And I think Cliff and that, that team has uh, them trending in the right direction. Everything hasn't worked perfect for Arizona. And in that sense, that might help them knowing that uh, they got to get ready for this game, regardless of a backup quarterback. They've lost some games along the way that people expected them to win. So I think you're going to get their best uh, best foot forward. And against that Dallas defense, I just can't pick that defense. I was having a hard time picking them with Dak. Yep. So it's going to be even harder to pick them without it. I agree. And I, and I think that this is a big statement game for Arizona. I really do. It, it, this is, this is in, the, in the spotlight on Monday Night Football, Kyler Murray. I don't think they had a, a primetime game outside of Thursday last year. Okay. where they played San Francisco. And, I mean, you saw what Kyler was able to do against the 49ers, and that was with no injuries, with them uh, having a defense uh, obviously clear enough to go to the Super Bowl. This is a big game for Arizona simply because I think this will put them on the map nationally. I think Kyler Murray is going to show everybody what he's capable of. If, if, if a lot of people haven't seen the games, just looking at the box score, when you watch him play, it tells you a very different story. So I'm still a little concerned about his efficiency in the pass game. I still believe that he is very quick in his reads. He goes one, he goes two, and then he's out. And, right. and, I, and I think that still is a problem that he needs to understand not to do, be a little bit more patient, even though he is able to make those plays on the ground. Um, you can't hate his game whatsoever. He's, he's that damn good, and I think he's going to show it against this defense. I think uh, Dallas is, is very much outmatched, and they will be outclassed. Um, the only way that I see Dallas winning this game is with Zeke. I think that you have to really establish the run to make it known that you're going to run the ball put the fear in Arizona's defense now without Chandler Jones, huge loss. He's gone for the season. So yeah. um, you have to make this all about the ground and pound for Dallas, open up the play action pass for Andy Dalton. Cause that's where he will succeed. But I'm with you. I think Andy Dalton, he he's, he's more than capable to feed. And it looked like he was getting some chemistry with Michael Gallup. So, Absolutely. right. Yeah. So, so the funny thing is, is that Amari Cooper might be the guy, the odd man out. Cause you got lamb and Gallup 
form an instant chemistry with Dalton. Who knows? We'll see how it, how it shakes down. But I, I, I think I'm picking Arizona for this contest. Also, I think Kyler Murray actually has a massive contest. I put him on my uh, uh, big performer list this week. I'm saying awesome. 40 points uh, is not 40 points. The, I'm saying that's not out of the question in this game. No, I, I'm with you on that too. Um, especially with the running game struggling in Arizona. I think that uh, it's going to be a lot of Kyler and that defense in Dallas is not ready for that. Agreed. Agreed. That is week six, folks. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. To all the listeners, thanks for all the support. On behalf of my guest, EJ, and until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out. Take care.